On today's podcast, Ben and I are going to catch up on the NBA playoffs through the first two games of the conference semifinals and serve up our picks for Friday and Saturday's pivotal game threes. Welcome to the Dunkle Index Podcast, the sports world's oldest rating service now in our 92nd season. I'm Bob Dunkel, and I'm joined by my son, Ben, who's back out of COVID protocol. Welcome back, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, you know, there's a lot to unpack for us since our last podcast. We're first through the first two games of both the Eastern and Western Conference semifinals. Maybe we ought to start off by addressing the elephant in the room, uh, which is our Philadelphia 76ers. It couldn't have gone much worse after uh, beating Toronto, could it? No, I, I really dislike those Raptors and that arena they have up there. Um, after all the talk of Embiid's dirty play throughout the series, uh, for Siakam to do that at the end, uh, I thought that was pretty low and uh, definitely put a downer here on the second round for me. No doubt. I mean, that elbow has proved to be as hurtful to the Sixers as the umpteen bounce Kawhi Leonard jumper. I just, it's it's a short history between the Sixers and the Raptors, but I agree with you. It's it's quickly uh, gaining momentum as one of the uh, <laughs> the roughest um, rivalries in there, and. Uh, yeah, no love lost between these two organizations going forward. You know, it's poor Doc. I well, one, I guess we do need to address, uh, you know, whether Embiid should have been on the court or not on the court. I, I personally felt like he was using every minute, every second of every game to try to get some chemistry between Harden and Embiid. Mm-hmm. That was a nice win, uh, even up twenty nine points. I think he wanted to create some good vibes there. So I I don't knock Doc for keeping him on the court. How, what, what What's your thought on that? Yeah, I, it would be pretty nitpicky. I mean, he might have overplayed him by about a minute. But, yeah, no, I can't blame Doc for that. I, I agree. I think they were just trying to uh, kind of build some chemistry, and it really looked like it was working. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely not Doc's fault. Now, and I'm still amazed that, you know, after the game, Embiid went over and did an on-court interview with blood dripping down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I texted you and I said, ooh, that's going to look really bad in the morning. Little did we know at the time that it was going to turn out to be an orbital fracture and a concussion. So not surprisingly, they go down to Miami. Um, yeah, played well defensively. I, I don't think uh, we could have asked any more out of the team but uh when you got the sixth man of the year and tyler hero and the sixers have pretty much nothing coming off the bench no surprise miami up 2-0 there uh the other eastern conference semifinal, much more entertaining and this one got a seven game classic i think written all over it between the bucks and the celtics um Giannis and, and the bucks uh, took game one uh, after the Celts went 17 and five down the stretch in the regular season. Uh, they kind of got a wake up call from the defending champs and the Bucks stormed into Boston and, and took game one, 101-89. But 
Boston showing no fluke, uh, bounce back in a big way, game two, 109-86, Jalen Brown, 30 points, Jason Tatum, 29. Uh, I mean, are you in agreement here, Ben? This is about as evenly matched as you can get right now. Yes. I mean, same thing as with uh, the Sixers. Uh, the Bucks without Middleton, not the same team. Uh, I think if they had him, they'd probably win this series uh, in five or six, but yeah, as it stands, they look pretty evenly matched, and uh, I see this one going six or seven. Yeah, that's a great point. Chris Middleton uh, maybe not getting as much coverage as the Embiid injury, but his absence, and we saw how much he meant to that Bucks lineup last year in that championship drive. So that that is a big void. Uh you know, probably the best series so far, I, certainly from my standpoint, Golden State and Memphis. I feel like I'm watching those Heat, Knicks, Pistons, Bulls series from the 90s with these guys. I mean, the intensity is off the charts, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, just a lot more higher scoring than those series would have been. But, yes, it is some uh, some fun basketball. Yeah, the only thing missing is uh, Van Gundy with his arms wrapped around Alonzo Mourning's leg there. I mean, it's just been uh, super aggressive first two games. Um, you know, for today's game, that's very surprising. And then you throw on top of it the uh, the fact that they're Western Conference teams. We don't usually expect those out of the West. But when you've got Draymond Green on the court, uh, and you mix him with a young, brash team like the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I think you're bound to get some sparks flying. Uh, that certainly happened in game one, where Green got the flagrant two, got tossed from the game after his foul on Brandon Clark. And then, of course, in game two, you had the Dylan Brooks foul on Gary Payton Jr., uh, which also happened to break his elbow, put him out for the remainder of the series. Uh, the Grizz did manage to even it up. Uh, they've got Ja Morant, and boy, I tell you, you got that kid on the floor anytime you got a chance to win. He had 47 points in game two, tied that one up. Um, you know, the uh, the Warriors showed they could win on the Grizz's court. Uh, we'll now see if the Grizz can win on Golden State's court. Uh, what was your take on, on the Brooks foul? Of course, he'll be out to, for tonight's game three. Was it dirty? Yeah, I, was was Steve it, Kerr right in that call? A bit. I think um, the league kind of made it clear with the Caruso foul earlier this year that intent and result matter. So I think uh, if, um, if Peyton had come out of that unscathed, maybe no suspension, but the fact that he is going to be out um, and he did cause an injury, they I think a one-game suspension seems fair. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you, you hit a guy in the head, like you said, whether it's intentional or not. Um, the result was a broken elbow. Peyton lost his balance. Um, it's a loss for Golden State, but I would not put it in the Embiid or Middleton category. I think uh, they've got plenty of pieces still there with the Splash Brothers now plus one with Jordan Poole's performance. So um, we'll get to that game three here in a couple minutes. Uh, we'll revisit the last uh, semifinal now, which is Phoenix and Dallas in the West. And frankly, that one's been a little disappointing to me so far. 
mean, not to the same extent that the Sixers and the Heat have been because the Stars are all healthy, but the Mavs have tanked in, in the second half of both games uh, now and allowed the Suns to rack up some easy victories. Clearly the story coming out of those games, Luke has been doing all he can do. He had 45 points in the opener and followed that up with 35, but huge drop-offs uh, from Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, who both were key in helping Dallas weather the storm against Utah when Luka was out with his injury, but uh, Brunson's had only 13 and 9 points, respectively, in the first two games. Dinwiddie, 8 and 11. Uh, Jason Kidd, no surprise, pointing out that these guys are not going to be able to do it with just Luca alone. He's going to have to find a way to get those guys more involved. I, what do you think, Ben? Is it is it the drop off in their play, or is it the fact that they were playing the Jazz in the first round and they're now playing the the top seeded Suns? What's 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 causing Dallas to struggle here? Yeah, I think there's a big difference between uh, Phoenix and Utah. Um, Suns underrated defensive team. Um, and then just how they kill you uh, consistently scoring from the mid-range on offense uh, gets teams pressing against them. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just a difference in the level of competition between the Jazz and the Suns here. Yeah, I, the Suns showed how versatile they were and uh, got a big game out of DeAndre Ayton in, in the opener, 25 points. Uh, and so then Dallas maybe keys a little more on eight in game two. And what do you get? 30 points out of Devin Booker and 28 out of CP3. So Phoenix has many different ways that they can burn you. Um, and they've showed uh, a lot of them just in the first two games of that series. So that sets us up now for four pivotal game threes, uh, starting with tonight's Philly Miami game. Should we dive into them, Ben? All right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we've got Miami coming to the uh, Wells Fargo Center. And this game opened with Philly being up uh, by one or being favored by one in Vegas, has now moved all the way to Miami by three. So there's no question uh, JoJo making no comeback tonight. I mean, that's really disappointing that we haven't gotten to see the Sixers team and what they might be able to do against Miami, but not surprising. I I was watching a report the other day uh, on ESPN, and I think the reporter indicated that uh, Embiid had just been able to start looking at his cell phone again because the light off the cell phone was was hurting his his head. So if that was the situation, no surprise, even with a mask, uh, that he's not out there tonight. Uh, that takes 30 points per game and 11.7 uh, rebounds per game off the court. Uh, of course, uh, MVP caliber numbers, you're not going to easily replace those. Sixers not going to certainly be able to replace those with uh, the likes of DeAndre Jordan or Paul Reed. Um, But that wasn't the only problem in Miami for the Sixers. Uh, Shooting the ball consistently from three-point range was a huge problem. As a team, Sixers shot just 21.9% from three uh, through the first two games. That included Danny Green, two of 14, Tyrese Maxey, two of 10, Harden, three of 12, and playoff T, Tobias Harris, three of nine. Uh, Clearly, Sixers are not Golden State. They're not built 
to win games from beyond the arc consistently. But coming home to Philly tonight should help. Uh, they at least shot a respectable 36.4% from beyond the arc at home. That's a huge upgrade over what we saw in Miami. And they're 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven, coming off a loss by more than 10 points. Uh, chances of Sixers winning this series are bleak. Uh, in fact, they're now 0 for 19 when they're down 0-2 in their playoff history. So... This one is all but in the books. But Dunkle does have them to pull out the victory tonight. Uh, We're certainly going to take the three points in the process. Uh, We also see the improved shooting performance from Philly helping push this score over uh, the the, uh, low Vegas total of 210. Ben, you in agreement here? Do you see a Sixers win? And uh, do you see a better shooting performance out of Philly tonight? I don't know. Um, I got to think that line movement is a little bit of a blessing. I take the Sixers with any points um, they're given, but I don't know. Three seems kind of low to me. Um, I don't know. That's going to be tough. All right. We got our first disagreement of the day. Um, Ben leaning toward Miami laying the three here. Index taking the Sixers straight up, but certainly uh, will will hedge as well and take the three points on this one. Um, how you feeling on the over under? Can we get over two ten tonight? Uh, I don't know. The offense uh, it's really struggled. Um, I, I don't see Harden getting to the line all that much. Uh, at least enough to score, you know, maybe thirty. Um, so yeah, here too, I'm I'm leaning under. All right. Well, usually I am the uh, bearish sixer, and you are the bullish sixer. Roles are reversed tonight. Uh, so we've got an interesting matchup between Ben and I going into tonight. Uh, we'll have to see how that one plays out. Um, the second game of the evening also has the do or die feel as Dallas returns home. Down 0-2 to the Suns. Um, as we mentioned, the offense outside of Luka has been a problem for the Mavs, but defense has really been a problem as well. Um, after holding the Jazz to just 99 points per game in the previous series, Suns have gone off for over 120 in each of the first two games. They shot over 64% from the field in game two. And that included 16 for 19 in the fourth quarter. Boy, isn't that a way to close out a game? Suns really look good. And as I said, what was scary was, you know, how well Aiton played in game one. And then you get a double dose of Booker and uh, Chris Paul in game two. So clearly Mavs, like the Sixers, have a lot of work to do to get back into this series. Good news is, as well, they're going home uh, where they're seven and two against the spread in their last nine games. They've also done a good job of cleaning up the defensive problems after a bad performance. They're five and zero against the spread in their last five after allowing more than 125 points in the previous game. This one opened Phoenix by one, um, and the money's been going Dallas's way. 
We're in agreement on that. Uh, Dunkel's going to back the home team here again in this pivotal uh, game three to get back into the series. Uh, we're going to take the Mavs minus the one and also look for Dallas's defense to step it up and help hold this final score under 220. Ben, riding the Mavs train and, and the under tonight with the index? Interesting. Um, well, I think I'm going Suns, so I'm going road team again. Um, on the over-under, I don't know if it's going to be so much defense as maybe just these teams kind of uh, figuring each other out, getting a little more tired, a little more grind. But 219.5, I still see a little bit of room there, so I'll go over. Yeah, uh, you're going to. All right. So we disagree on this one as well. Yeah. You know, Dallas has just been struggling offensively um, all series long. So I, I don't necessarily see Brunson and Dinwiddie flipping on the switch, but I do see Paul and Booker and Aiton coming a little bit back down. So I do feel good about the under on this one. Um I hear you going against the Suns right now. Uh, looks to be a little iffy, but Dallas has been sharp, uh, especially at home. Um, the good news for Mavs fans is Luca has been on top of his game. No doubt about that. He is not struggling. So if they can get any kind of uh, performance out of Brunson or Dinwiddie or um, your favorite, Ben, Maxi Kleba, um, I do see the Mavs getting back into this series. So, uh, index and Bendex disagreeing on the first two. Uh, so Friday night going to be quite a battle between us. Now we're going to look to Saturday's games, which quite frankly are the better games of this weekend's bunch. Uh, we start off with Boston and Milwaukee, where we head to Fiserv after splitting the first two games in Boston. Uh, lost in the hubbub over the Embiid injury, as we mentioned, is the fact that Chris Middleton continues to be out for Milwaukee. Uh, he's sidelined with a knee injury. Uh, he averaged 20.1 points per game during the regular season. It's third straight season of averaging over 20 points per game. So uh, playing Robin to Giannis's Batman, he has been really good. And, of course, last year in the postseason, he may have been Batman. Uh, he averaged 23 uh, 0.6 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, and 5.1 assists. He really stepped up during that championship drive. So whether the Bucks can repeat without a healthy Chris Middleton, huge question mark. But can they weather game three without him against the Celts? Uncle Index thinks so on this one. Uh, Giannis has been continuing to perform at an MVP caliber level. He's averaging 27.9 points, 12.7 assist, uh, pardon me, 12.7 rebounds, 7.1 assists. That's off slightly from last year's 30.2, 12.8, and 5.1 stat line. But what has been nice for Milwaukee has been the emergence of Grayson Allen as a real serviceable substitute. He's averaging 40.9. Uh, or pardon me, after averaging 40.9% from beyond the arc during the regular season, Allen stepped it up in the postseason. He's 54.8% from beyond the line. That's going to get it done uh, while averaging 11.6 points. Bucks come into this one 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight following a loss. Dunkel's going to go with Giannis and the Bucks to pull out the win here. It's a low line. It's open to three. It's down to two. 
A lot of Celtic lovers out there, and I certainly understand why. But on this one, uh, we're going with the home cooking as well in this game three. Going to take the Bucks minus the two. And we also look at the big three of the Greek freak, Tatum and Brown, having big games and helping push this final score over the Vegas line. Ben, how are you looking on this one? Bucks uh, at home and the over, you liking that? Yeah, so I definitely think the Bucks probably split this home series. The only thing that gives me pause about this first game is the early start time, which can, I don't know, it just, it affects teams differently. Um, so I'm a little worried, but yes, for this game three, I will go ahead and back the Bucks minus two. Yeah, you know, again, Boston um, has not shown that it uh, it can beat Milwaukee on the road. This will be its first opportunity. We know Milwaukee can win in Boston. So, um, you know, these are the defending champs. They certainly showed in game one of the series um, how tough they can be, even without Middleton. Giannis took over. Uh, game got away from them. In game two, no doubt, Jalen Brown really looked good. Tatum took a little longer to get going, but boy, Jalen Brown came out big. Um, so I look for that to to reverse course a bit here, and um, and Giannis to really step it up. Uh, and of course, Drew Holiday uh, is kind of filled in for Middleton as the true number two on that team, and he is he is very very good. And very difficult uh, to stop when he's got it going as he did in game one. So, all right. So you're 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 hedging a little bit here, but you're going to agree with the Bucks to cover, and then uh, you 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 like a little bit more of a shootout scoring wise tomorrow. I do. I mean that two thirteen line also a little curious uh, tied with the start time, but yeah, they should be able to go over that. Okay. All right. Glad to have you back on board. Uh, We'll see if we can keep you on board for the heavyweight contest of the weekend, perhaps literally. Um, Let's hope it doesn't turn into a ginormous slugfest out there in the Chase Center. But we got um, these two who just have quickly learned to dislike each other, uh, the Cleveland Cleveland, gosh, I'm going back uh, to the 2016 finals here, which is very reminiscent of this Memphis-Golden State series because I think the Cleveland Cavaliers showed that one way to beat the Warriors, maybe the only way to beat the Warriors, is to get physical with them, which they did. And, of course, we remember that series for, for Draymond's antics with LeBron, which ended up costing uh draymond game five of that series he 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 had to sit it out and that was a huge part of cleveland's comeback and draymond fast forward to today still in the mix uh still the center of the latest histrionics had that flagrant two in game one which got him tossed and then he's flipping double birds to the memphis fans as he's leaving game two after taking an elbow to the eye but to Draymond's credit, he's not missing game three. Uh, that dubious distinction falls to Dylan Brooks after his foul on Gary Payton Jr. Um, you know, much theme of this show, uh, absent players, huge impacts. I mean, Dylan Brooks, you know, he's Mr. Intensity for that team. He also averaged 18.4 points 
per game during the regular season. So his absence isn't just the intangible side. It's the very tangible side as well. Uh, John Morant at home picked up the slack, 47 points, epic performance, get this series back to even. But I'd say overshadowed in all that was the huge drop-off between Morant and the next highest scorer. That would have been Jaron Jackson Jr., just 12 points, 3 of 14 shooting. That's not going to get it done on the road at Golden State. Um, you know, much like Luka in Phoenix, uh, one man on the road against really good playoff teams, not going to get it done. Uh, Golden State comes into this one 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six home games, so they've certainly done a good job protecting the home court there at Chase, and 9-4. and four in their last 13 at home against Memphis. We're going to go with uh, the Golden State Warriors in game three to cover the seven-point line. I see Golden State winning this going away, and I think the drop-off in the Grizz production without Brooks in the lineup helps keep this final score under a pretty high total of 226. So going Golden State minus the points and the under – in the final of our um, semifinal game threes. What's your thought there, Ben? All right. Yeah. Um, maybe bump it down to six and a half if you can. Seven would be the the highest uh, differential in the series so far. But, yeah, I think the power of Golden State shooting uh, going to be too much for the Grizzlies in this one. And, um, yeah, I think they should win that one pretty pretty easily. Well, and I think we could see uh, by Steve Kerr's post-game comments the other day that they will have a strong edge coming into this one. Um, so motions will be high. We know the caliber of play from Curry Thompson, and and now Jordan Poole is going to be high. I expect Draymond to be very assertive early. The only question mark was, can he be assertive without not going – overboard that will be um interesting to see but so i guess as a recap uh ben and i clearly in disagreement on the friday night games uh, index going sixers um and the over uh ben leaning more toward miami and the under and then uh, uh index going with dallas uh, and the under, and uh, you were going to stick with the Suns and the over on that one. And then uh, both of us agreeing on Boston and Milwaukee tomorrow um, with uh, the Bucks covering the small line of two and uh, uh, the big three of uh, Giannis, Tatum, and Brown able to push uh, the final score over. And then uh, I think we're in agreement as well on the uh, Golden State Warriors covering tomorrow night and uh, the under on that one. So some interesting uh, battles between the two of us. It always uh, is fun to, to, to track whenever we disagree. Uh, ben, any final thoughts on these four games or any of the series to date? Um, yeah, only last thing is, I guess, uh, look out for who's officiating this Suns-Mavs game tonight. Uh, in round one, we saw again, Chris Paul can't get a win with Scott Foster uh, officiating the game. 
tonight actually is Chris Paul's birthday as well. So we'll be interesting to see who refs that game and if it has an effect. Oh, very nice call there. Yeah, I like that. Well, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening. Um, and, of course, you can go to dunkelindex.com uh, to get all of our playoff picks for the NBA. Uh, we are into the Stanley Cup playoff season, so you can certainly get all of our NHL picks as well. And, of course, we're just starting off the MLB season. Um, and don't forget our USFL picks uh, with that new season uh, just underway. We've got four uh, kicking off tonight, so definitely want to check out as well uh, really appreciate once again everybody listening uh, uh, you all have a great weekend and as always good luck